0: Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by Supermanhomepage.com. This is show number one hundred and twelve, released on April 30th, 2014. My name is Steve Yunus, and joining me as always is my good friend Scotty V. Hey Scotty. Hello,
1: Steve. What's happening, everyone? How's it going?
0: Yeah, going well. Um we've had uh since our last podcast has been, you know, the Easter break. Uh there's been a little bit of news around about the upcoming movie and some big announcements here, there, and everywhere about certain things going on in the Superman world. So I think we should just get straight into it and power on through. Let's do it. Well, uh, first up and kind of breaking news for us is uh, we are about to... Oh, as we're recording this, it kind of just happened. Um, the Justice League movie has been announced. Warner Brothers... Well, not announced. Warner Brothers has confirmed... That Zack Snyder will follow up the Superman Batman movie with a Justice League film. Um, it was uh, announced in a Wall Street Journal report. Uh, what do you make of this?
1: Well, I think that I think that most of us were kind of along the assumption that that was what they were that was what they were trying to work up to. Uh, my uh, my concern, obviously, is that um, we still haven't yet seen how successful this follow up. Superman slash Batman movie is going to be, but obviously it's exciting. Um, we're getting at least word of more DC universe films, and that's that's good.
0: Yeah. No. Well, it says on the report that uh, this will be a further expansion of this universe, uh, which was a quote by Mister Silver Greg Silverman, uh, president of Worldwide Production at Warner Brothers. Uh, he says that the Superman Batman movie will uh, lead into the Justice League film uh, that Henry Cavill, Zach, uh, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot uh, will all be returning uh, in their roles uh, for that uh, that film that uh, is, uh, says the script is still in development and Warner Brothers has not set a release date, though the movie is unlikely to come out before 2018. Mr. Silverman would not comment on what other heroes might join Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman in the movie. However, we do know obviously that Cyborg has been included in this upcoming film, which is something that we will also speak about. Um, so, uh, big big things in the future for the DC Universe of films.
1: Now, it looks like, at least according to the Wall Street Journal report, that uh, the quote from Mr. Silverman was a, an exact quote, and that he does refer to the movie as Superman versus Batman. I don't know if, um, as big as he is in the company, uh, whatever his actual position is um did he does he really not know that that isn't actually the title or are we are we uh being told uh, kind of offhandedly that that is the title and that he kind of slipped up a little bit there
0: Oh, well, I, I probably it's uh it's the title that people have been using and the title that even zack Snyder and that have used um, but it's still, I mean, it goes above that, says sequel tentatively titled Batman vs. Superman. Maybe he just doesn't want to, like they've been told, when we refer to this movie until we actually name the official title, just keep return, uh, re, um, referring to it as either Batman vs. Superman or Superman vs. Batman. So, um, yeah, in the Silverman's quote, he's got Superman first, but in the sentence or paragraph above, they've got Batman first. So, uh I guess it's still up in the air or unannounced.
1: Yes, well I like the idea of the uh, obviously the the Superman Batman movie with a slash in the center because I've you know I've talked to a lot of people and 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 for the most part unless you're a um unless you're a you know die hard batman should beat up superman fan mm-hmm. i think that most people kind of find it an odd choice and aren't that interested in seeing a superman versus batman movie it just seems silly to most people that i've talked to and it not only does it seem outlandish that a guy in a suit would would have a pick a fight with a super kryptonian but the idea that these guys are two heroes why why are we going to see a movie where they're going to be versus each other mm. but we've talked about this kind of thing before um what i'm was recently uh in a email conversation with uh someone who seems to like my great scott segments and watches the speeding bulletin but seems to be kind of a detractor for man of steel and and not very uh not a fan of it and not a fan of, uh, of of Zack Snyder or Henry Cavill. Doesn't, you know, didn't appreciate it at all. So where his point of view is anything negative that can be said, uh, he'll, he'll quickly point it out. At, whereas m- many people would probably say uh, on my end, if there's anything positive to say, I'll kind of gl- gloss over the negative and say the positive. I don't feel that I do that. I try to be pragmatic as much as I can. But mm-hmm. uh, one, he sent me an article. I forget where it was from, but it was an investor article talking about return on investment. Of superhero yeah, I got that films. one too. So, was, uh, so, you know, the one I'm talking yeah. about and it has the top 10 superhero films and man of Steel is like nine and it's a negative one point, something percentage uh, return on investment. And the only numbers that I'm aware of that are actually released are the production budget, which is something like 260 million. And the movie made 668 million. So in my view, that means it cleared $400 million. Exactly. This article article tells us, and someone asked a question in the comments uh, in this article, uh, why are you saying that Man of Steel didn't make a profit? And I guess he had some – idea of what the marketing budget is. And I've never been clear on whether, you know, I always hear different things from different directors when I read reports. Oh, that's outlandishly high. That's, you know, no one actually knows. It didn't cost anything near that much. And uh, we include our marketing budget in the production budget. And then I hear other people say that they're two separate budgets and Either way, it sounds like in order for it to be a negative percentage, that means the marketing costs them more than making the movie, which just sounds <laughs> crazy to me. Uh, but the rest of that list, I mean, it makes sense and it also makes sense that – and we've said this before – that Warner Brothers would want to try to get some sort of a team together so that after the fact, when they expand out, just like Marvel is continuing to do, the single films will be that much more popular. If you look at Captain America, the first Avenger was not – that successful. But the second one is doing gangbusters at the mm. box office. Uh, Batman Begins was not that successful, but the second one is doing a huge, you know, did a huge amount of business. But the difference between Captain America and the second Batman movie is Captain America is connected to like nine other movies, yeah. So it's really like a like a tenth sequel in a franchise that includes every other hero in the Marvel uh, Avengers universe, and not really just a second Captain America movie. But we haven't yet gotten the chance to see a second Man of Steel movie with. Which, for all we know, could do just as well as the second Batman movie did. So exactly. I, I, I think obviously they want to get to this. They want to get to teams. They want to. I'm sure if these things are successful, we'll see a Wonder Woman standalone, a uh, new Batman franchise, and hopefully continuing uh, Superman films.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, I saw that article and was like bemused at where they came up with that because we also know that uh, Man has still made something like 100 million dollars. Not 100 million dollars. Um, what was it, like a Hundred thousand dollars or something like that in um, in uh, merchandising like things like advertising, you know, doing things like the the uh cu- the shave, how does he shave thing, and um you know all those kinds of tie-ins, the burger, the the what was the Burger King with the the ad that they did for that, and all the different other merchandising, the connections uh, with the movie itself, you know, all the advertising that went with it uh, were absolutely huge. There were a lot of uh. TV tie-ins, TV commercials, um, product commercials, things like that. I think it was $100,000 on top of, um, which was like a record at the time. So, yeah, where these figures come from, I have no idea.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there are figures and that people estimate them. I, I don't, I don't think we've ever heard, uh, even with Superman Returns. You know, Brian Singer still is uh, bemused by the fact that people try and say you spent this much money, and and he'll come out and say, well, the budget was 160 million or whatever. So I'm not sure where the number that these people are giving you is coming yeah, from, but wrong. we didn't spend near that much, and and you know, uh, so I think that that happens with all these kinds of movies, and and for some reason you know you look at the rest of that list and all the movies all the other movies seem to be faring pretty well i'm not <laughs> sure what the where the man of steel figures come from or why they're so uh different than all the others but it's still on the top 10 of all time as far as money made at the box office so i guess that's still uh a the good superman thing figures, but I, yeah. I i wouldn't say that the that the reason they're necessarily going away from a direct follow up is because they're not confident in superman but but more so because they see how how beneficial it can be to all the single heroes if they do uh each movie within a universe where they're all included mm. so that you see them in, in more than one movie so that the general audience goes, Well now I gotta go see this one because yep. it's almost it almost becomes you know like watching a serial or something where you you can't miss one without you know, being confused yeah, to the next one. So ideas. then you, as an audience member, you feel like, well, now I got to see all of these because I got to know where they're going with the next. Uh... So obviously it makes a lot of sense for a lot of different ways to try and uh, combine all of these. And Marvel has obviously proven to all the other companies that it's, that it works for them.
2: Mm.
1: And without, as we've said, without doing all the legwork that Marvel had done, has done, this is another way to possibly do, successful spinoffs of single hero movies after doing a movie that everybody loves because all the heroes are in it together and and this follow-up that isn't the justice league movie is already going to start to do some of that so i'm excited and i think it's i think i think it's a great idea still disappointed that we haven't yet seen a follow-up to man of steel but how much more successful might man of steel 2 or whatever it might be called be after we really develop this shared universe and see a Justice League film and the general audience gets all excited about whatever it is, this massive alien invasion or whatever where all the Justice League has to come together. And, mm-hmm. and then then we see the follow-up to the to the Man of Steel movie where now more people and kids and families and everybody else has has seen all these heroes come together to save the world or whatever. So just like with Avengers, they're going to want to go out and see – uh, the next Superman, the next Batman, the Wonder Woman, whatever it is.
0: Yep. Yeah. Now, uh, I mentioned a little bit earlier that uh, the Cyborg was in the um, Justice League and will you know, possibly be in this uh, upcoming Justice League movie because we have found out that he and some other uh, cast members are included in this upcoming Superman-Batman film. Uh, first off, before we get to Cyborg, uh, we had the announcement that Holly Hunter, um, Callan Mulvey, and Tao Okamoto uh, have been cast in, well, what we don't we don't actually know what roles yet, but they have been cast for roles in the upcoming Superman Batman film, and uh, there's a lot of speculation just about who they might be. But the uh, official press release said all three actors will play characters newly created for the film. Uh, whether or not that's just a smokescreen uh, to you know take the the scent off who they actually might be, um, we'll have to wait and see. But um, exciting to see some. Some uh, some stars in there like Holly Hunter.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hope that they're not not created um, just for the film. I'm kind of I find it uh, much more exciting when they cast characters that uh, are from the comic book world. So, and there's plenty. So you don't really need to make up others because you can just anybody that you cast can be a character that has appeared or appears very often or appeared once or mm. you know from the you know millions universe. of books that have come out in the DC universe there's no reason to create new characters other than maybe you're not that familiar with all the characters yeah. so you just make up your own but i think uh,
0: uh, i think along the lines of what they did with Talia al ghul in uh, the batman movies you know she was announced as being uh, somebody you know wasn't necessarily somebody new from the comic books but obviously that was because they wanted to hide the plot point that she was actually uh, Talia and uh not uh you know the character name that they'd given her uh, or that she'd taken for the most of the movie, so uh I guess you know there could be something along those lines that it needs to be a bit of a surprise during the film that who you know one of these or more of these might be
1: well that that yeah obviously that kind of thing makes sense going forward with any movie that's so far out and you know, they got to try and do their very best in any way they can to stop whatever secrets they want to keep from coming out, because it seems like more and more we know we know almost everything there is to know about these movies. You know, can you imagine that, you know, when the Empire Strikes Back was filming, nobody had any idea that it was being filmed and and uh, there's nothing nothing like that can happen no. anymore.
0: No, exactly. So uh, a couple of actors there thrown in uh, that we heard announced, um, so that's you know, exciting to see who they might be but as I mentioned, Cyborg was also announced as being in the movie and uh, the actor who will play that uh, role is Ray Fisher and it's in- interesting because we'd heard Henry Cavill say in an interview that he would like to see Cyborg and this is an interview back at Man of Steel Day so they hadn't even talked about a sequel or had confirmed a sequel or a follow-up film at that point in time but when they, he was asked what kind of characters from the DC universe he'd like to see uh, portrayed on film in a possible sequel, he'd said Cyborg because he liked that idea of a you know um, technology to human kind of um, uh, bridge between uh, the thing uh, the two, and uh, liked the idea of Cyborg as a character. And uh, whether or not he had any influence on that or not, uh, we don't know. But uh, Cyborg has been announced as being in. The film uh whether we don't know like wonder woman we don't know what kind of a a role or how much of a role he'll have in the film
1: well it's interesting uh i now know that henry cavill and i uh do not think alike because uh, i've never been a cyborg fan I, I, i generally see him as a teenage character a member of a teen titans a a smaller tiered character and and not I wasn't particularly happy when he was cast in the new Justice League comic book when the relaunch happened. I realized they're trying to do a diversifying thing. They're trying to include, um, uh, you know, more people of, of of different backgrounds and that sort of thing. But uh, Cyborg's never really done anything for me. I don't, I don't find it all that original. I don't find it to be all that special. I find it to be kind of a, a knockoff of several other different characters, which I guess happens with lots of superheroes. So it didn't excite me necessarily to hear about this, but I, I feel like I remember weeks ago we heard that they were looking for an actor to play cyborg, so I, I wasn't that surprised when it came out that they had cast him
0: yeah so uh it's uh another announcement, another character, another actor in the film uh we don 't know like I said what capacity you know people are saying oh it 's already the Justice League movie because they've got so many of these uh characters in there um it, you know we don't know what uh how much of the film he'll be in, so uh, it's just interesting to to and exciting to have him announced. Uh, whether you like the character or not, uh, in the comic books, I, you know, it was news to me. You know, at the time, I didn't really know much about Cyborg. As you said, he was more of a teen kind of hero. Uh, but uh, you know, I've kind of warmed to the character in the Justice League comic books. He seems to be uh, someone you can relate to in some ways, um, and you know, seems to be a voice of reason in a lot of other ways. So uh, it's, um, it's going to be interesting to see that kind of character uh, broaden uh, his, um, well, he, you know, the, just from the general audience, most people wouldn't even know, haven't heard of Cyborg. You know, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, obviously, Flash, Green Lantern, yes, uh, but Cyborg, most people out there in the general movie going audience would not have heard of Cyborg uh, if they're not comic book fans. So it'll be interesting to see how he's kind of taken on board by the general public. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm. I I remember when we were watching Smallville uh, years ago, and and they did the there were a couple of Cyborg episodes. Uh, not being a fan and not being that familiar with Cyborg, uh, it was just cool to see. Uh, you know, they did it on Smallville all the time. Uh, new uh, new takes on characters from the comic books on television in in a in a Superman related show. So this is kind of the same sort of thing, which is why even though I'm not a specific fan of cyborg i'm not upset that they've announced Mm. that another person from the comics is going to appear i mean uh, get over it people clearly they're trying to do a cohesive shared universe and there are gonna be people that are generally talked about in other stories that are going to show up in these movies it's the same sort of thing that marvel is doing with great success and uh There's no reason why it can't work for DC. Uh, There's no proof that it will. There's, you know, just because another company has done it doesn't mean it's going to work, especially since DC isn't going about it the same exact way. But it totally makes, totally makes sense that, uh, that would try that if, you know, that, yeah. And if this is successful, that, that, uh, it's going to make everybody else successful going forward. So I don't know a cyborg standalone film. Mm. Uh, we had a deal. Sure. Oh boy, did we? Can we just forget that that
2: <laughs>
1: that, that ever happened? Or, or
0: oh. moving on, moving on. Uh, we uh, what do we know about this film? Well, we know that it's currently uh, have has conducted some camera tests. Uh, Diane Lane said that some camera tests uh, were conducted and that she uh, filmed a few shots of her feeling the Superman costume, whatever that means. Uh, and joked that she hadn't had a chance to do the same with the Batman costume. Um, I guess from a Martha Kent point of view, um, she's you know she hasn't really she's she made, made that comment nice suit son when she saw him after a house was destroyed. But she really hasn't had an opportunity to uh, to really sit down with Clark and look at his Superman costume and and to talk to him about you know what he's doing other than that kind of little speech at the end there as Clark Kent where she said to him. You know, have you decided what you thought about what you're going to do, what you you know what you want to do now, and he says he's going to get a job at the Daily Planet, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, so this could be interesting.
1: Well, I like the idea that um, maybe, you know how they announced that the, there are going to be some costume tweaks mm. to Superman's costume for the mm-hmm. sequel. I'm sure that lots of fans were hoping for trunks. Please let there be trunks. Uh, but they did say they were going to be minor tweaks. Yeah. However, I, I would love to see um, uh, in Martha Kent, have a go, make, at... make some of those tweaks, you know, <laughs> to the you know the costume as it yeah. is already, but yeah. but maybe add some of her own, because then that would kind of that would kind of meld the two uh, mythology yeah. points, yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. idea that that Martha Kent made the suit and the idea that now it's a Kryptonian suit that was made on uh Krypton ship or whatever, uh, you know, put, meld them both together so that we get a little bit of each.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because in the Christopher Reeve movies, he just he just was wearing it one from you know after his uh talks with uh Jor-El and his you know his uh years of uh of uh schooling if you like. Uh he just automatically was just there in the suit. We don't know really where it came from. We just knew that he had some materials in his bag with him, but how it became a costume was never really touched on. So uh that I'm would... certain
1: that he learned to sew during that twelve <laughs> yeah, years. Right. Yeah. He was sitting there crocheting, you know <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: just boring having this talking voice in his ear all the time. Uh, with these um, psychedelic images floating across his... Uh... <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> that was a long sequence too, man. It felt like 12 years watching that sequence. <laughs> like, come on, get to him flying
2: already.
0: That's it. Uh, so um, other than that, there have been some um, casting calls in uh, Troy, Michigan. Uh just, just happened this past weekend as we are recording this. Uh, they uh, had thousands of people lining up for hours on hours to try to uh, be selected as a extra... For the upcoming Superman Batman film, there. Um, And uh, that seems to have been very successful. So, um, lots of people posting photos of these lines upon lines upon lines of people just circling around the building and down the street and um, in the room, just, you know, getting their photos taken and their number of what, you know, their extra number. So, it's uh, very exciting for those people being involved, although probably very tiresome.
1: You know what's interesting is when you watch uh, a film like Lord of the Rings and you, and you watch a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, mm. you see that they have even back then very advanced technology that they can create crowds with, right. and whether you know when they have like soldiers marching forward or, or or you know heading into battle, uh, they really only have like a hundred extras, and then the rest of the you know or even less than a hundred extras, mm. and everybody else is just. Uh, mockups, computer generated, and and they look real. Mm. So I'm wondering why they would need thousands of people. What they would need thousands of people for? I mean, that's a big part of budget too. I would think. You know. Uh, well, I don't think they can I, actually I,
0: cast thousands of people. Just thousands of people turned up to be hopefully cast. They might only need 20, and you know they'll select them from the the thousands <laughs> of people that showed up. I mean, they can't really they can't really help how many people show up. I mean, right. Like that's true. They can say, "Look, sorry, this is the end of the lines. No more people." But you know, they've been they, they've said in the interviews, "Look, we'll take, we'll be up until you know a certain, you know, late in the night if we have to to see everybody." And uh, but um, you know, we will have to draw the line somewhere where we'll have to put a stop to it. Otherwise, it's just gonna it'll be never ending.
1: And I guess the situation here is that it's uh, extras that aren't really going to be paid
0: because I've done some extra work. Yeah, I think it was like um, $64 for the day or something. You know,
1: if that was, you know, for me, I don't know if they're... Is that what you heard? They're going paid, the 20 or whatever they're going to hire on this uh,
0: Superman uh, film? Yeah, looking at the Oakland Press um, report about all these casting people, you know, wanting to be in the casting, um, like who lined up for it, it says um, on the big yellow poster... Uh, pay is sixty-four dollars, uh, something for eight hours, eight dollars per hour or something like that. And the other sign's a little bit hard to read, but that's what it says there on the. Uh on the website. That's somewhere
1: similar to what they would pay, but I guess it's because it's in a uh in an extreme location. It's not really in New York or LA. It's not in a place where there are these uh casting companies that have people on file that want to do extra work and that are, you know, quote unquote actors, because I as I said, I d- done some extra work myself and mm-hmm. you get a call from it's not really an agent because I never had an agent, but it's like an agency that calls people that they have on their list. Do you want to do this for the day? And then you go and you're already there and they already have who they need. So, and as far as seeing a thousand people, if they're really for extras, the way it generally works, directors aren't looking for a specific type of person to cast as, as an extra, like a Mm -hmm. background member, a person walking by in the, in the distance or something. So I'm not sure why they wouldn't just hire 20 people as opposed to
0: uh, Depends take on all the scene this time that they need. To see yeah, but it says pay is sixty-four dollars for anything up to eight hours, eight dollars per hour. A time and a half overtime. Uh, time and a half overtime paid after eight hours. Typical filming days are twelve to fourteen hours, catered lunch included. Thank you. There you go. beauteous <laughs> So uh, that's what uh, all these hopefuls have been lining up for, uh, hoping to be a part of the film in some capacity whatsoever. So uh that was what they, that's where we're at with the the Superman Batman movie. There was some um comments by Zack Snyder about Man of Steel that kind of created a little bit of a stir among Superman fans. He you know, he was saying that uh he was surprised at how um people Superman fans have hold, held on to the the Christopher Reeve version of the movie. He said um um people asked him uh what did he say here? Um, so I'm just looking up his actual quote. He says, I was surprised about in response to Superman was how everyone clings to the Christopher Reeve version of Superman, how tightly they cling to those ideas, not really the comic book version, but more the movie version. If you really analyze the comic book version of Superman, he's killed, he's done all the things, I guess the rules that people associate with Superman in the movie world are not the rules that really apply to him in the comic book world because those rules are different.
1: Yeah, I mean I could see why that would create a stir, mostly negative I would imagine, but I feel like you know, and I'm I'm, I'm going to get flack for this because it's going to sound like I'm an apologist or I uh just defend Zack Snyder because I like Man of Steel or whatever, but um I I, I completely agree with him. Yeah, I mean, how sense many sense. different Versions have there been, and why is it that no one can, that people can't seem to get away from the smiling wink at the camera, the wave at the end, the the campiness, the cheesiness that was a part of the '70s films that is is cool and great, and we love them, and you know we have nostalgia for them, and Christopher Reeve's wonderful, but why can't we move on? And I think, regardless of what people actually thought of the movie man of steel I, I believe that a lot of the people and i read a lot of the critiques by uh, actual critics uh, fans uh, on rotten tomatoes and things a lot of the write-ups included things like none of the fun of the christopher reeve films like it always had to be included in there it always had to be talked about in their 30 year old films that were way 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 uh, uh, you know uh, outdated Long before anybody thought of Superman Returns even, let alone Man of Steel. So I'm not sure. And I, kind of, and I kind of agree with Zack Snyder as to it being kind of funny that people can't seem to move away from. It's fine to still love him, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe I'm the same. You know, maybe people feel like I'm that kind of a fan when it comes to Star Wars because I feel like. If they hadn't made the new trilogy, I would still like Star Wars. But now that they did, I feel like I'm just like "Ah, I can't watch any more Star Wars. I'm done.
0: No, I I Um, agree. People, obviously, the the Christopher Reeve movies were the first incarnation of Superman on the big screen. Um, You know, for most people, that's the that's their version of Superman. And so, when you're going back to the cinema to the theater to watch Superman on the big screen, you automatically think back to your that you know any previous version of the character on the big screen. And Brandon Routh in Superman Returns was to his eye, you know, he was, Basically, there to mimic the Christopher Reeve version of the character, so it was the same kind of thing. And that's a lot of the criticism for Superman Returns was, oh, they're just rehashing the old Christopher Reeve films. They need to do something new, and then they did something new, and people went, no, it's too far removed from the Christopher Reeve films. So you know, you can't you you can't can't win. win. We've talked,
1: you know, said this before. You know, you give them what they supposedly want, and you go because people are going to give us a hard time if we go too far away from those movies. So let's keep it kind of in the same vein, and then you do that, and you 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 get flack for it and then yeah. you come out and you say well let's take a whole new take on it and uh, you know which isn't actually a whole new take it's 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 just a little grittier and a little more uh I don't know there's a little more realism infused into how it might be if it should happen and and they changed some things on Krypton but they really expanded it and you know they did so many good things and yet we don't have the smiling wink at the camera so Everybody's pissed off. Uh, So, I mean, you know, I understand uh, where Zack Snyder is coming from with that.
0: Yeah, so uh, that was his comments that kind of created a little bit of a stir. Um, And uh, Zack Snyder, sorry, Zack Snyder, David Goya, who was uh, the scriptwriter for Man of Steel and has written a screenplay for the upcoming Superman Batman film, also made some comments about uh, the film and about, you know, DC, you know, trying to create a cohesive DC movie universe. Um, oh, before I actually go back, before I go to that, um, just quickly going back to Zack Snyder's comments. Did you read in there about him? It was his idea to include Batman into this upcoming film. That it was, it wasn't forced upon him by the powers that be. Yeah,
1: I'm very angry about this. I uh, was. I'm glad you brought it up because I didn't know if we were going to get back to Zack Snyder. I, I distinctly remember. Him And of course, this is only reading. So it's just it's kind of like reading a text from a family member and and thinking that they're angry when they're not or, or thinking that they're getting sarcastic when they're not because you can't glean emotions from a text. But my feeling, and I, I think a number of people's feeling was when we read this statement from Zack Snyder, was that not only was he unhappy about kind of being forced into this, but, you know, I my had feelings that he might leave the project altogether. His, his words were something to the to, – to, something like, well – they're the bosses. Uh, they're the producers. You know, they're the ones that pay my salary. So uh, if this is what they want to do, uh, I got to do it. You know, they're they're the ones who tell me wh- what to do. So and I remember reading that, and I remember feeling bad about it because I remember feeling like it, 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 there's a chance now that Zack Snyder will end up out of here. And now it seems like he's either come full circle and lied to us before or is lying to us now or they made him kind of and 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 from one point of view i can understand why he would because now he's going to direct this movie he's going to direct justice league and then who knows beyond that but i mean it's continuous work in major blockbuster franchises going forward for the next five or six years so it behooves him to kind of kiss their collective behinds and 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 eat a little crow and and just kind of shut up and and do what they want which is kind of what he was saying in his original statement uh months ago when it was first announced but uh now sounds like he's off that altogether
0: Mm, yeah I, i i have to look back because i don't really you know i'm not i don't know if i if i just didn't read into those comments what you did or i don't recall those you know that kind of feeling from from the original um any original interview that I, but I'd have to look back. I, I'm not saying that it, it it wasn't there. I just, um, you know, it you know, wasn't something that I had necessarily seen. But uh, yeah, here he says that you know, after Man is still, you know, they're sitting around talking about what would be in the next movie, and you know, someone kind of mentions, you know, oh, what happens? You know, what about Batman? If you came up against Batman, because who would you, you know, face off against next? And then once that kind of idea is out there, it's like, well you know, how can he move away from that? Let's kind of look at that and see where that goes because, you know, he fought this giant alien threat, Zod. Um, So, you know, where do you go to next? What happens next? Um, And he says, once you say it out loud, then it's kind of hard to go back on. And so once you've said, what about Batman? Then you realize it's a cool idea. And so you start trying to flesh it out and that's where it's come from. But, uh, yeah, it's just interesting to hear that, you know, he kind of tossed it up there originally in a... In a meeting, or it was tossed up there, and once it's kind of come out, it was hard to go back on.
1: Well, once I say it out loud, it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> I just don't understand who are these people that say, "Oh well, he fought this world-destroying alien invasion menace with superpowers." Who el- who could he possibly move on to next that would that would that would present some sort of a threat? To our man of steel, a uh, guy dressed as a flying rodent, yes, perfect, that'd be great <laughs> I mean who is who well who I guess you've got to go to
0: the other end of the spectrum, don't you, after you've done zod you can't go brainiac or someone who's of equal you know menace you've got to probably go okay well let's go let's tone, let's let's flip it on its head and see uh see what you know what, what if we went to a guy that has no powers
1: <laughs> i don't understand, and then that reminds me that you know when 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 he was at Comic-Con before Man of Steel came out someone asked him who would win uh, 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 Nolan's Batman or his Man of Steel Superman and he just laughed at them and said that's just a ridiculous question I love Nolan's Batman I love Batman you know I love comic book heroes but this is Superman we're talking about Batman's a guy in a suit you know he had the same exact response and the same exact feeling that anyone of any logical mind would have and that is there's no possible way and then they go well what if he had kryptonite there's no possible way oh well well, what if he had a big armored suit with kryptonite rings there's no possible way that a human being can pose any threat to superman at all (laughs) i'm I'm just i'm sorry Uh, so many things would have to happen And a lot of it happened, I guess, in the Dark Knight Returns story, and he still wasn't able to defeat Superman because it just doesn't make any sense. And a lot of people say, well, that's the problem with Superman. He can't be beaten. He's too powerful. Okay, well, maybe he is, but it just doesn't make any sense. So and, and Zack Snyder said that. And that's why none of these other comments that he's saying lately make sense, because they don't mesh with the attitude that he presented from the very beginning making Man of Steel. Well, maybe and then after the fact.
0: Maybe that's why they're not uh, settled on a on a title yet, because maybe this whole idea of a versus thing, while it's got the people's imaginations, you know, the fans, oh, who's going to win Superman versus Batman? I mean, everything's, you know, uh, Dragon Ball Z, uh, you know, versus Batman, Godzilla versus Superman, you know, this whole idea of versus, it's is just it's an entity of unto itself. So, Look, man, you
1: know, I, Dragon Ball Z, I can take because. But you know what I I'm saying? The whole idea. Of, I don't know what it is, but at least they have powers. That's what I'm at saying. The whole have, idea
0: like, of putting a character up against another character, you know, uh, it's just, it drives fanboys everywhere. So to keep that title at the moment, but not necessarily be where they're going to be heading in the movie itself. Um, you know, it may be Batman. You know, just investigating what's going on, and and so it's just having the two of them in the same movie. We don't know yet whether it's going to be a versus thing. And I agree with you; it's all of two seconds for Superman to destroy Batman. You know, he doesn't even have to get close to him. He's just up in space using his heat vision and zaps a <laughs> pile of ash. Um, and we already know sense. he's
1: willing to snap people's necks. So. <laughs>
0: So uh, anyway, it is interesting that that Zack Snyder has come out and said that the whole Batman thing was something that he was, you know, had tossed up early on. Contact
1: me, Zack Snyder, because you are backpedaling, my friend. Let's put him on a changing your stance.
0: Put him on a lie detector machine and see which is really the truth. But. Oh, that's where, that's what the comments were, and going back to what I was saying about Goya, he's come out and having been asked about from IGN about the approach to a cohesive dC movie, movie universe, and you know one of his comments was, "You have to admire what Marvel's done. It's really hard to create a brand you know, where people follow your brand. Pixar's done it, and now Marvel has done it. It's really, really hard to do because there's not a lot of brand loyalty anymore. They've cre- created a, a cre- cohesive universe, so I really admire what they've done. And he says, you know, he's been pretty lucky with the films he's done so far, and right now it's just more of the same, please.
1: You know that reminds me, and I love Disney, and I love Pixar, and you know, we're talking about Man of Steel, and this is a Superman, you know, podcast, but Disney is not responsible for Marvel nor are they responsible for the Avengers. I see in all these articles, Disney's the Avengers, and I see in all these articles what Disney has done with the brand and how Disney has brought out these superheroes and how Disney has created a universe. Mm. No. Marvel had this going on long before Disney ever bought the company. Disney said, wow, look at this super successful company we can buy and continue on the train that they have already started going down the track at high speed. Mm. And Disney, being smart, being being business savvy, being you know godlike in their amount of riches and power that they have, said, OK, let's just go out and buy it. And Marvel somehow said, OK, go ahead and buy it. You know, like when Lucasfilm sold too, to Disney, it was like I, I looked at it and I went, what? Why? Why would you? Uh, I guess everybody has a price, you know, I mean, but but let's not let's not forget that these movies were built long before Disney got involved. Same thing with. With uh, you know, I just read an article about Arrow, about how listen. Well, it was about Arrow, but it was also about the 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 upcoming Superman Batman movie, and Mm. it was well, Walt Warner Brothers has already proven with their TV show Arrow that people want to see crossovers from the comic books because with Arrow they finally started to introduce uh, other characters from the comic books that have never been noticed before. You know, uh, Oracle's on and this and that, and I'm going. Smallville did that ten years ago. <laughs> and somehow people just don't yeah. things get glossed over, things get forgotten about. And it, it it annoys me, you know. And and then when Smallville came out, they had said the first show to concentrate on Clark Kent as a personality. No, the Dean Kane show, Lois right. and Clark, concentrated on Clark Kent as a personality. So let's not forget that 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 the people who are, you know, uh, providing some of the money or marketing for these franchises these days aren't necessarily the people who put these ideas into motion and I don't know who the guy or guys or women and men were that put this thing together when it first started but obviously DC and and Warner Brothers are are clearly trying to reap some of the benefits of seeing the successes that the Marvel company did with their movies long before disney got involved i'm sorry sometimes no. i just
0: no i agree you're right you're 100 percent right there but um and talking about disney and marvel and you know the, the powers that be and the people at the head there there seems to be a little bit of maybe a little bit of give on the marvel side of things over the release date for the uh captain america like the third captain america film which will really go head to head on the uh may 6th 2016 release date for the Superman Batman film. There seems to be a little bit of balking there on their side of things. So uh, it will be interesting to see just how that develops as time goes on.
1: Is there some sort of uh, an announcement? or some, some no, sort just, of art? it was just I
0: think an off the cuff comment about um, from one of the, uh, the one of the, the heads there at Marvel or somebody there that was saying uh, you know we're still we're still talking about it kind of thing. So that kind of led people to believe that maybe they might you know be. Thinking about uh, a change, so nothing concrete. Just you know what you read into, uh, you know, a comment here or an answer there from a question.
1: We're going to close down our entire production and never make another superhero. <laughs> that's what I gleaned.
0: Yes, that's that's definitely what he said. What he what he meant in that. I'm but sure. uh, the only other thing that we really know about this upcoming Superman Batman movie is that Hans Zimmer has said that he will come back to score the film, and. Um, you know, to some people that's a great thing. Other people weren't really that happy with uh, what Hans Zimmer has done with superhero uh, themes or non-themes of late. So, um, but uh, it would be good to see the continuation of the Man of Steel theme in the. You know, it would be different if you had a different uh, composer come on board, and you know, didn't continue on uh, some of the themes that were in Man of Steel into this upcoming film. Because I'm sure we'll still hear, you know, some of those uh, ideas in the in the follow-up film.
1: Well, I'm of two minds on this. My first, when when you started talking about it, was "Hooray, more music that sounds like Batman Begins music," and my second thought was, um, and that was from the other from the, from the other side, the people that uh, don't like the idea that that uh, he's doing more Superman music, and that is that those are just the people that again want to cling to the Donner films, which I can't blame them because the John Williams soundtrack, you know, you're never going to get over and i think zimmer himself has said you're never going to get over that john williams soundtrack you're never going to get over the superman theme you are just not uh but i got to go where i got to go with it in order to make it our own thing and in order to have its own flavor you know that theme is in everybody's head everybody knows it. people sing it you know i got a seven year old who knows it when it comes on so and then she's never even seen those movies but it's you know other than you know, as a baby, when it's on here and there, but it's you know those are iconic themes mm. that th- they're really not doing in movies anymore. Uh, if you look at th- the movies that have themes, it's like a sequel to Indiana Jones or yeah. you know uh, 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 Superman Returns, which was the last one of that, or Star Wars. They do the same thing every yeah. time. Yeah. But you know, I saw that Captain America movie, and there's really no discernible theme. Yeah, there there are kind of uh, you know there are Marcus. there are things they return to there are feelings there are flavors you know you hear some of the same sounds you know and there's that that one sound that turns up throughout the the man of steel soundtrack several times but it's not a theme um you know this is a seven minute opus to superman when john williams does it and uh you know captain america doesn't have one either spider-man didn't have one there was a little thing again but not a theme and they just don't do that anymore so my two minds are (laughs) and i kind of you know, tongue-in-cheek said more Batman-sounding music because we are going to have Batman in this film. So it's going to be interesting to see how he goes about. And and he himself said it, you know, how am I going to, with respect to what we already did, and, you know, it was Christian Bale's character and it was Nolan's take on it, how am I going to make new themes that reflect what we're doing and something new that I haven't, you know, explained with Batman through music, how am I going to do that now? And of course, we have the Superman part, which he's already worked on, and I guess we'll expand upon.
0: Mm. All right. Well, looking elsewhere in the movie universe, uh, I was very pleased to see that Man of Steel was uh, well it was pretty much the best selling superhero Blu-ray of 2013. It uh, it outsold the Wolverine and Iron Man 3 on Blu-ray, and and it only came out in November of 2013. So that's pretty. Pretty good. That's impressive. Uh, numbers dot com is where these uh, number these figures come it's out from. Two million um, seven hundred twenty two thousand two hundred thirty one Blu rays of Man of Steel was sold in the USA in twenty thirteen, making the film the third best selling Blu ray release of overall, behind Despicable Me two and The Hobbit: An Unexpected Journey. Ah oh, well, um,
1: The Hobbit was a very boring, boring film. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to enjoy it a lot more than I did but uh, it was really the only only the last 35 minutes or so that that finally got my attention but uh, yeah it's good to know I mean uh, when I read that I was actually looking for the article just now as you were talking about it because I couldn't I couldn't remember seeing what other superheroes I couldn't remember any superhero movies that had even come out against it around the same time but that's that's excellent news uh, being that it was the end of the year already yeah and uh, I don't know if they're saying from from November to the end of December it outsold movies that had been out for months previous to that but uh, Wolverine not not that surprising but Iron Man 3 being the biggest movie of all time you know I mean I know it's not the biggest movie of all time but huge at the box office. Mm. Uh, the fact Ryan. that uh, Matt of Steel was able to outsell that, that's, uh, that's that's
0: great. Yeah, as far as DVD sales are concerned, obviously there's Blu-ray and there's DVD. Uh, it made the top 20 in DVD sales for 2013, uh, where Iron Man 3 was ranked 39th. So uh, it uh, even outdid that as far as in DVD sales. But I guess the uh, trend now these days for people with uh, high-end home theatre systems is Blu-ray. Uh, so um, it was interesting to see that uh, it did so well uh, in Blu-ray sales. I'm happy about it. Very good. Well, uh, uh, the only other thing with Man of Steel, uh, before we move into uh, some other stuff we want to talk about, was that uh, Henry Cavill won uh, f- the Best Hero Award at the MTV Awards for his role as Superman in Man of Steel, which uh, created a little bit of uh, uh, well controversy amongst some fans who obviously weren't fans of Man of Steel, saying Hero? What kind of a hero? He wasn't a hero in the movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's funny not you know he and lois and the army didn't save the world or anything no no that's you know right. and everybody yeah. that exists on earth wasn't saved uh, but uh, let's, let's 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 forget about that and just kind of point out that we didn't actually see him specifically saving enough people individually in the film um who was he up against do you do you have yeah, a list there i do
0: his competitors for the award were channing tatum as john cale in white house down uh, <laughs> Chris Hemsworth <laughs> as Thor in Thor The Dark World. Uh, Martin Freeman as Bilbo Baggins in The Hobbit movie. And Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man in Iron Man 3.
1: Wow, that's a big one. Yeah. That's the one that surprises me. I mean, Thor, I, I, I think Chris Hemsworth is great. Yeah. Uh, and I love that Thor movie. But uh, but, uh, but, but, but Robert Downey Jr., that is a, that's a huge surprise Very to me. Very impressive. Um, he's super charming everybody loves him you know he's funny he gets up there he gives awesome uh, speeches and stuff so so to see henry cabell win there that's uh and you know it also kind of points out that um we're going to talk about this a little later but uh, that that maybe the idea that we think he superman isn't that appealing to young people really isn't as bad as we think i mean I feel it in my own life when I look around i don 't I, I see kids with Spider man and Batman and thor and and, and Iron Man and Avenger shirts and all that, but i don 't see a lot of Superman going on. I went to my daughter 's Halloween parade during Halloween time and I saw I saw two Zods and I saw two Supermans, but I saw you know ninety Iron men and wow. thirty Batman and so i 'm kind of like, well, I guess kids don 't really care about Superman and and I, I can't really say that man of steel is a great movie for kids yeah. it's not the you know it's not like avengers or captain america uh, where it's like golly gee let's go you know and it's really mm-hmm. exciting but um uh, you know when you see you know mtv is a young people's movie awards when you look at the audience there they're they're all teenagers and and 20 and somethings they're not they're not 40-year-olds, so that they picked Henry Cavill must mean that, at, at the very least, they enjoyed him as Superman and Man of Steel. So
0: Yeah, no, so it's, that's, it bodes well. But uh, there was a lot of Henry Cavill fans, uh, especially a lot of the female fans out there, who were disappointed that he wasn't even nominated for the Shirtless uh, Scene Award. Hmm.
1: I know I was disappointed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, oh, you know,
1: right. I talked to people. My my uh, My brother was saying to me, you know, when you when you see uh you know chris evans or chris hemsworth take take their shirts off in their marvel movies it, it's not even close um to uh Copy. you know that, that henry Cavill could even could even compare to them at all in terms of how uh ripped they are how in shape they are i mean i haven't i haven't done a side by side comparison i know that i was impressed by a lot of the running pictures that were coming out before man of steel. And I was saying he's getting into really good shape, which is better than I remember any Superman movie, uh, Superman actor doing. Uh, but I haven't done a side by side comparison. I know that Hemsworth is huge and massive, um, but I'm not sure if, uh, no, I think if they really
0: would, would give him a good run for his money.
1: You think so? Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, okay. But, uh, Let's uh let's move on to this little fan film that was put together. I thought it was very well done, showing what was considered an alternate possible ending to the film Gravity with uh, Sandra Bullock uh, using uh, footage from Superman 4 with Christopher Reeve. I thought it was so well done. Gee, I loved it.
1: Huh. Yeah, it was cute. It was cute. Um, I laughed. I laughed at it. I like the... Uh... After the credits thing, yes, that makes uh, that, it, I like. that tops it off. Yeah, that was hilarious. Um,
0: um, I thought it was well pieced together. It was well kind of you know, it was you know using such a you know di- such different films as far as years you know and the technology that, you know between them, um, and it kind of you know blended them well together. And I especially liked where Superman's talking in space, and in a little kind of note at the bottom, well, you can't hear what he's saying because sound doesn't travel in space, so. Uh, I thought that was funny because in Superman four, obviously he's speaking and the astronauts can hear him.
1: Right, right. We always we we talked about that kind of stuff. When Zod and crew arrive on the moon, they're all just talking and (laughs) everyone can hear them. Um, That's what they do in those movies. But uh, it always it always astonishes me what people can do. And you probably know more about it than I do because you have a Mac and Macs are good for making movies and they have different kind of programs on there for that kind of thing. But like, I'm impressed when we. When we backdrop a courthouse behind me playing Lex Luthor in a horrible, uh, you know, uh, the press conference, boring, uh, long ass thing, and then and then I see these these people do this where they seamlessly integrate two separate movies, and and there's a couple spots where I can see they, you know, they move the screen or whatever. Yeah, but it's it's amazing to me that that can be done with uh, computer programs
0: yes you know home home by people software. at home yeah. it's right yeah uh so really well done very ingenious to just to think of it and to put it together that was very smart and um you know using the, the music the way they did and uh it was just well pieced together so uh yeah hats go off to to the person yeah, who job. put that together so all right well let's move away from movie talk uh there's no nothing in the world of tv to to, to discuss so let's jump straight into a uh, comic book discussions where sadly DC Comics have canceled the Adventures of Superman Digital First uh standalone uh series.
1: Yeah, this is a disappointment. Uh I I enjoy it every time I read it. I think it's a awesome easy way to read comics. They're short. They fit right to the screen. You know, you try to read some of the regular books and and you got to zoom in and move side to side in, in order to see everything and the splash pages never work right but You know, when they're specifically digitally released and they know that that's the format, you know, the pages fit exactly and you see everything and they look great and they're crisp and these stories were great and people love the idea that they can just see traditional Superman stories without having to worry about continuity. And Mm -hmm. I imagine that just like any business, it's about money and it's about what it's making and it's about what it's selling and it must not have done that well. Otherwise, you wouldn't cancel it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what their intention was, how how long they planned to go on for. It went for 51 digital chapters, uh, which will be collected in print. Obviously, they're still doing print editions, and the first trade paperback collection has just come out as well. So, there's yeah, obviously, there was going to be a limited run. It was never going to be an ongoing thing that was just endless. Uh, and it was, I didn't know that. Well, I, mean, I mean, do we know that? No, we don't know that, but I'm assuming that it was never... I mean, it's not like Superman or Action Comics that you know that it's always going to be around forever, or you assume so. Um, you know they didn't say oh, it's going to only be 51 issues, but um, you know it, it had a lot of controversy when it first started out with that Austin Scott card story that never got published, and they'd said at the time, oh, we just need to find an artist who you know who will want to be a part of it and will continue on it, but it never never happened. Um, so you know there were stories I guess that were still up their sleeve if they wanted them. Um, maybe it just wasn't doing the sales. I know a lot of fans liked it. Um, because they were able to, as you said, read a continuity-free classic Superman story. You could pick up whatever one, whatever you liked. You didn't have to know anything about it previously, or you didn't have to, you know, once it was finished, it was self-contained. So that was all well and good, and that's, for that purpose, I'm disappointed that it's gone. Uh, because there were a lot of fans who are not reading the new fifty two stuff and who only wanted to read a standalone kind of thing that they could pick up whenever they want and be able to read it and enjoy it for what it was without having to then go out and buy you know seven more issues to continue on reading that story, so for those people i'm I'm bitterly disappointed
1: yeah me too me too
0: It is sad, so uh but uh infinite crisis, the tie in to the upcoming video game will be taking the day slot. Of Adventures of Superman as a digital first continue, uh digital first series, uh, and that will be tying into the upcoming video game, which I guess makes sense. Uh, they did that with uh, in- Injustice: Gods Among Us, and uh, that's continuing on still as a comic book, a digital first comic book. So I guess that you know, digital first things kind of tie in with people who are video game kind of people. I guess that's where the synergy is for them at DC Comics releasing those types of comic books.
1: Yay for me! Some of my free time will be freed up.
0: <laughs> so there it is, uh, DC Comics cancelling Adventures of Superman, which is uh, a little bit sad. Uh, the two people who reviewed the book for us at the Superman homepage, uh, Sean Morrissey and Alyssa Gossage, will be doing a um, finale article uh, on you know giving their points of view on the series now that it's concluded. Uh, that will be coming up in the next week or so. at the And Superman thanks to page. you,
1: DC. Now their children are going to starve because they won't be able to do <laughs> reviews for the Superman. They o- get paid AJ. so highly
0: to do so too. Gosh. Yes. All right, let's move into some of the comic books that we have read this uh, past month. Uh, since last, our last podcast, we've had two issues of Superman released, uh, Superman number 29 and Superman number 30. I know you've read Superman number 29. Did you want to start in on that one?
1: Uh, Sure. Uh, This was a story where Superman, uh, who had previously met up with Starfire because she appeared in order to, I guess, well, we were going to find out in this story. And we find out that uh, she's pissed at him because he's not uh, doing enough to cleanse the Earth of things that are a danger to it. And she goes on to say that. It's not worth um, uh, saving something that's already dead and he doesn't understand. And, of course, uh, we see that, I guess, from her book or from her storyline, there are these aliens that can integrate with human beings. I don't know how familiar you are with them. No, not at all. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's a kind of a crossover where apparently you need to kind of understand who she is and where she's from and who these creatures are to get the whole thing. But <clears throat> the story is about them finding these lost weapons that, that can uh that are I guess living in some way and and when a human being touches them they get infected and and they become these aliens. And supposedly they've been giving themselves over to this alien menace uh, uh, voluntarily and Superman doesn't stand for that and uh hilarity ensues.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really impressed with this one too much. I didn't I don't know too much about Starfire. It kind of irks me when you know characters from the wider DC universe come in and I don't really know much about them, cause then I kind of get a feel a little bit lost. Um, so yeah, that that was Superman number twenty nine, and then Superman number thirty, uh, which we just reviewed this past week. Um, Adam Deschanel reviewed it for the for the website. Um, is a, a little bit better. Uh, we uh, we see it's a little bit disjointed early on. Um, Adam really didn't like it for this point the fact that you know we jump around a little bit we we use pages for unnecessarily on this honeymoon couple who are frolicking in the sea at on, in the bahamas and then you know we use up four pages to learn about them only, because, only to then have them die because they're then something boils the water there at in on the on the shoreline we assume it's doomsday and then they're gone and we kind of you know the bahamas only kind of comes back at the very last page because superman finds out that something's uh, happened there but uh, he flies to Smallville, where Star Labs have, uh, you know, taken up residence because all the people of of Smallville uh, are comatose. They're in a, they're they're out for the count, and nobody knows why. They seem to be perfectly healthy. And um, Superman finds that there are these crop circles in the grains, in in the in the um, uh, fields that spell out the word Doom in Kryptonian, and um, and obviously thinks of. About it being doomsday comes across the Eradicator, who is a you know well, the Eradicators are supposedly these beings that turn up when a when a planet is about to die of natural causes and help that process along. Uh, but the Eradicator from Krypton is somehow on Earth now and says that the Eradicator of Earth isn't in existence because Earth Earth is going to die, but not by natural causes. It's going to be murdered, and that Superman will be the one to murder it. And It's all a bit kind of disjointed, this story, but it's a a prelude to the upcoming Doomed Superman Doomed saga. So in that way, I guess it's giving a lot of loose ends, a lot of threads to take up for that story. But Scott Lobdell, once again, kind of just a little bit all over the place.
2: Well,
1: you know, they've been saying that in many different uh, books, I guess. Different characters have been meeting up with Superman and telling him that everything he does is what's going to cause all the hell to be you know unleashed on earth and he's really the catalyst for everything that's going to doom the planet and i don't know if it's all just because they're tying it into this doomsday thing and then it's going to be over after that or if this whole dark you know depressing you're a problem superman and you need to go away thing is going to continue after that it seems like that that seems to be the way they're going at the moment uh the last few months um uh, you're a menace and you need to be out of here kind of thing
0: yeah so uh that was Superman number thirty moving into the uh Doomsday or the Doomed story tying in with Doomsday. So we wait for, for to see how that picks up uh, moving forward. In action comics number thirty we see the tower control succeeding in releasing doomsday from the Phantom Zone uh and after killing a polar bear. Uh, the creature's attention turns to the civilians who are there on the iceberg. Part of the the you know the control the tower people, the the, the their uh, support staff, whatever you have on the ground there. Um, and meanwhile, Superman attacks Tower Control. Uh, he's you know he, he freezes their ghost soldiers uh, like he did with, with Sawyer. And um, yeah, and, and it's just a bit of, you know it's all about I guess another prelude to this. You know, doomed uh, saga that we've got upcoming. Michael Bailey, who reviewed it for the website, liked it. Um, you know, we have the, this Harrow character who is obviously the head of Tower. This female, um, and um, she's you know says that the next time that she and Superman come face to face, that they will kill him uh, if uh, you know, or he can join her if he's willing to.
1: That's just another situation where. This character is telling him he's going to be the cause of the death and 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 because he's not willing to do what needs to be done, Earth's going to die, people are going to die. You know when they come face to face, he figures out how to beat her. he has her you know in front of him, and he can finish her off and, and she says, "Ah, oh, unbelievable you, you, yet again, you failed to do what needs to be done uh, since you didn't kill me now, you can be sure we'll kill you next time." And then they go away or whatever. And and, uh, all of this seems to be based on the reasoning that he's going to be the destruction of the Earth. And so they need to, you know, she points out to him that, you know, uh, you were with Wonder Woman and you you detonated a nuclear weapon. You were under the ground and you let out these creatures that turned into monsters that couldn't be controlled. And sure, it ended okay, But how could you know that that was going to happen? Uh, you're the reason that these two other Kryptonians even came here in the first place, you know, doom, 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 you're going to be the end of the world, and and the reason that you're going to be the end of the world is because you don't do what needs to be done.
0: Mm. Yeah, an interesting kind of um, attack on him in a, in a less physical way, but more in a mental way, you know, saying that he doesn't have what it takes, that he keeps making the wrong decisions and, you know, all these kinds of things, putting, trying to put doubt in his mind. But um, it's the second time now, having just mentioned Superman number 30, where someone tells him that he's going to be the end of the world.
1: Yeah, it's an ongoing... It's a thread.
0: A thread. So, okay, let's uh, move on to Superman Wonder Woman number 7, which again is going to be tying into the upcoming Superman Doomed story. And in this one, we have the aftermath of the uh, nuclear explosion that the two of them uh, created, uh, to stop Zod from opening up the phantom zone um, and uh it 's all about wonder like you know Superman protected Wonder Woman from the explosion using his cape uh, and now she 's now trying to save him by taking him to someone who can can fix him and uh you know weed uh, you know the way that uh it, the nuclear explosion the kind of the thing the, the the effect that it had on his body you know destroyed his nose completely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's funny <laughs> the way he ended that statement He destroyed his nose completely yeah he kind of looked like a zombie or a uh a you know a corpse almost, or something yeah anyway. yeah I, I actually liked. i thought i thought it looked cool and uh you know i read the review on on the site uh if you want to point out who reviewed it I'm yes I'm, uh, uh t-i-u-it no oh, there you go um good review and and he pointed out a number of things that I didn't really think of, and and maybe I'm the people that he he mentions saying, well, it's all well and good if if you're just a casual reader who has no idea or just doesn't care and wants to see a cool story about two people who are in a nuclear explosion uh, and a corpse walking around uh, but if you if you have any idea of the cohesiveness of the universe and the things that have been going on, I didn't even notice he mentions when they're over London that it's destroyed underneath and it's being rebuilt. I, I didn't notice that. I did not uh, I was wondering why they were there, what that had to do with Wonder Woman because I, I don't read Wonder to- Woman.
0: Yeah, it's totally yeah, totally separate to uh to Superman's story. It's something that's happened in the Wonder Woman comics. And then he
1: mentioned that uh in forever evil or something uh, the the world you know the London gets destroyed, people die, lots of things happen, so it 's very callous for the two greatest heroes on earth to be out dancing and worrying about their romance in london when when so many things have been have happened and so many terrible things have occurred, and they should be helping to clean up you know and and they 've set off a nuclear. A weapon on an island and that won't be explored again I and mean, of course he's speculating that it won't come up but my thinking of it when i saw it was just that they were in a deserted area they there weren't there wasn't any life around and and they they did what they had to do to stop the world from being destroyed again um so even if there were some peripheral damages sometimes you have to make the decision to say well i either break zod's neck here or he eventually breaks mine and then he goes and destroys the entire planet and everyone dies. Mm. Uh, same kind of thing here, uh, but I didn't get the impression that they that they detonated a, a nuclear explosion somewhere where other people were going to be affected by it. It seemed like they were That
0: was a deserted island of a uh, past uh, <laughs> nuclear test site or whatever it'd be in a bunker or somewhere. So yeah, there were there were possibly life you know as far as you know there's animal life sure, there's you know the effect it'll have on, you know, just create, putting nuclear, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, fallout into the atmosphere is going to have some kind of an effect on, you know, that, that doesn't, that's not really touched on at all. So I can understand, you know, the negative. That area,
1: that area that's already dead and not being used for anything.
0: Yeah, I guess uh, it goes into the, into the Earth's atmosphere as well and probably could, you know, depending on which way the storms and, and you know, wind and everything, you know, the weather is going, could end up impacting on someone somewhere
1: possibly and I don't know if it was forever evil or not but apparently I didn't even know you know I started I just I only just started reading I think it was forever evil the one where Lex Luthor's in a helicopter and it crashes and then he finds out that there's this new evil force from another universe that has come is that forever evil
0: yes that's okay the the, the Ultraman and he's yeah,
1: yeah. I only read the first one, and I think that's the one he's referring to in the review when he says that a lot of the damage on Earth was caused by that whole thing, and we still haven't gotten over the aftermath of that. And mm. here they are going to dance and wearing cute T-shirts or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm even though I'm trying to kind of get a whole idea of what's going on around, I had no idea that that was even connected to main continuity or that things that were happening in separate kind of standalone books had an impact on what i was supposed to be reading in current continuity so uh, I, I you know maybe you find out as it goes on but i was not aware that that was connected to any actual reality that that is going on with these characters right now
0: yeah i guess that's the fault of the editors too they need to have some more reference points in the little boxes and things to say you know London uh, catastrophe, you know, happened in such and such a story, you know, so that people who aren't buying, you know, for them, they're reading everything that DC Comics brings out or whatever, so they know they're across the board what's going on. But fans who are just buying, say, Superman, Wonder Woman, that title alone, and not necessarily the individual characters' books, will have no idea why why London is important. I had no idea. I didn't even notice
1: it was damaged. Did you see that there was damage
0: there? Uh, I didn't necessarily look because, it, like I said, it wasn't necessarily something that was important or, you know, known to me, so I just assumed that this was a, you know, this is afterwards, this is down the track, they're flying, they're happy, they're reunited, and that's all I knew. Hmm. So, interesting. And uh, another thing
1: that confuses me about continuity and about things that are going on is the Soul Superboy thing. Uh, we're not going to speak about specific comics, I don't think, but I don't remember this character. I don't know who he is. I don't know why I'm supposed to care about him. Is he in Forever Evil 2? Is this this where I'm supposed to get my information on this character? Why is he trying to kill the Titans? Why is he evil? Why is he Superman's son and he's a, a jerk off? I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand the point of having an entire title devoted to an evil character called Superboy. I don't.
0: Yeah, well, he's the future son of Superman and Lois Lane. His name is John Lane Kent. He's a Kryptonian human hybrid whose uh phys- physiology is uh unstable and he's like he's gonna die. He's you know, he's uh he
1: said that, but I don't remember reading that anywhere.
0: you know, well, I
1: read from the twenty-five was the one where Connor died and then uh, or Connell or whatever, and then twenty-six was the first one he was in where he's trying to kill uh, Wonder Girl, and there was no crossover. it just was there,
0: yeah, well, his first appearance uh, in this continuity is Superboy number nineteen uh, from April two thousand thirteen so um, you might have to go back to that one to refresh the memory of how and when he first appeared, uh, but now he 's taken over the superboy title he 's you know taken over connell 's um you know life, if you like, nobody really knows other than I think um uh, what's her name, one of the uh Teen Titans. Raven, I think. Raven, yeah. Uh who's able to read minds and things. Nobody really knows that it's no longer uh Connell that it's uh you know that he's taken over the, the, the mantle of Superboy but he's got a obviously he's got his own uh motives and you know he wants to kill off all uh superheroes and metahumans because obviously in his future they were the reason for um things going, you know, haywire and for the future being the way it was. And so he's come back in time to, you know, to stop that from happening. And, um yeah, so it, I guess it's not a character that I've necessarily warmed to. I mean, it, I don't think it's supposed to be warming to him, but uh it's not something that, uh you know, has won me over yet, this story. I'm, I'm waiting to see how it pans out before I really can make a judgment on it.
1: Yeah, I started to get that idea when I was reading it because I was completely confused. I mean, I knew that we were moving over into an evil Superboy after Connell was either killed or disappeared or whatever it was that happened to him at the end of the Return to Krypton thing. But um, I did start to get the idea that even though he seems like a really bad guy, his motives might might kind of be altruistic. If, if if And he's being controlled by someone who may have lied to him anyway, mm. but it, it seems like he believes that he has to do this in order to stop what happened in the future from happening, but it's not like he's a great guy about it. He seems to enjoy doing it at the same time. He oh, yeah. seems to like watching them suffer and that kind of thing. And I'm just not sure about a a whole book devoted to a super family member that He's a villain. You know, isn't yeah, and just a really Sadistic kind of a villain.
0: Yeah. Any other comics you want to touch on before we move into other areas? Well, of... the
1: whole Supergirl thing is yeah. weird too. Uh, it seems like, uh, and maybe they're not, again, maybe they're not selling. Maybe they're trying to spice them up. Maybe, you know, the, the whole thing of people saying, you know, Superman's just too good. Who cares about him? You know, Batman's cool because he's an anti hero and Wolverine's cool because he'll cut people. Uh, the Super people are just too nice and they're all the same. So they're trying to make them all a little different. And and here we have another situation where Supergirl is uh, very interested in killing people now because she has a red ring and she's in the Red Lanterns book. And I tried to read some of the Red Lanterns books because, again, they were tied in and the story seemed to continue into those books and you had to kind of read – Supergirl whatever number it was and then it said in there now reach uh, Red Lanterns number 28 in order to find out where she goes from here so I read that but she really only appears in like five pages of that so I skipped over a lot of the Green Lantern stuff and just mm-hmm. went right to her stuff mm-hmm. and I tried to tried to follow her story in Red Lantern and, and, and I read the next one and she was barely in that and now Guy Gardner wants to get rid of her so the whole thing where she finally belongs and, and maybe she'll feel comfortable now is in turmoil again and of course she still has this rage and of course the Red Lantern rings are meant to fuel be fueled by rage so I'm not really sure what the problem is in terms of why we can't have her on the team if she's the most rageful person we've ever seen and She's super strong with the ring and can really use her rage to to do whatever it is we do. And my impression of the Red Lanterns was only from the animated show that was on. And I only watched one episode. It seemed like they were villains. It seemed like they were going and killing planets and killing people. And in this story, it seems like they're good guys, but they go about it in a different way. And they use anger and stuff. Which can be good, I guess, at times, but it's very convoluted. And there's lots of crazy things going on, and the idea that she's got this ring, and now we got to follow her into two other different books, and and try to read hers at the same
0: time—I uh, don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'm not—I'm not a Green Lantern reader. I'm not a Red Lanterns reader. So, um, but it kind of fits, I guess. I've had to look into a little bit on the Red Lanterns to find out a little bit about what there is. You know, what what is their shtick. So, um it kind of fits with what Supergirl's been of late. You know, she's all about rage, she's all about punching first, asking questions later. So it kind of fits, but I think she's a bit scary, uh, to the other Red Lanterns, or especially to um to is it uh, Hal Jordan who's the Red Lantern? Uh, Guy Gardner. Guy Gardner. Um, who uh is like, Yeah, okay, just kinda of turn it back a little bit, girl. I think you're a little bit over the top, so uh, and that seems to fit in with his other pals who uh, like her rage, and you know, are kind of you know, seeing her as the ultimate weapon for their for their cause. But um, Gardner's is not too not too sure, just you know, she's a bit of a, a, a loose cannon. So uh, look, it's not going to be a long thing. I've seen already ahead for the next for the solicitations for a couple of months down the track, and appears that uh, you know she'll be taking off the red ring and going back to her normal uniform. So. I guess it's just a passage in her growth that she needs to go through.
1: Yeah, I mean, I always, you know, I said that about the uh, Superman Blue when he was uh, when yeah, it was electric. when he was when he had electric powers that everyone says, "Oh, what a dark period in Superman!" You know, uh, how could they ever do something like that? I, I just looked at it as another adventure, a part of their lives, and I'm okay with them doing it. I just, I'm not, I, I I'm not loving the uh, the crossover and the, and the uh, convoluted story, but uh, you know, I don't mind the idea that. Since she's so rageful, the Red Red Ring uh, sought her out.
0: Yeah, no, it's one of those things that you know, if you're not a fan of the of the stories, it's might not, not something that you necessarily like to see. But uh, especially for a Supergirl character, just doesn't seem uh, to that she's had really a great story um, since her inception. So waiting to see where this comes out at the end of the Red Lantern story to see, um, you know, what kind of. Uh, growth that that brings for her character and whether she can move forward into something that's a little bit more um, peaceful, I guess. She's a bit uh, yeah. a bit crazy at the moment.
1: And we had another situation in, in the Supergirl story where they went to Superman for help and he kind of just said, well, screw you guys, I'm going home.
0: <laughs> well, at like least he... they went to him. They showed something. Obviously, they had to do that uh, token kind of gesture. I mean, obviously, he can't be a part of the story moving forward because he's got his own things going on. But I guess they just had to do a, a token you know, appearance by the character.
1: It would almost be better though if they didn't go to him because it's another situation where they make Superman seem like he doesn't care. He's like, eh, not my problem. Yeah. He doesn't say that exactly, but. He tries, and he tries,
0: and realizes it's just not. She doesn't want she, himself anymore. She rebuffs
1: anymore. him again, and then yeah. you know.
0: <laughs> well, if they didn't, if they didn't have that there, then they'd have Scotty V ranting on his next uh, Great Scott segment about uh, uh, how Superman true. never appeared in a Supergirl comic when she see needed it. <laughs> I have
1: influenced the <laughs> of DC Comics, you see. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, let's move outside of our comic book discussions. Uh, and this month, this past month, we've actually had an anniversary that really hasn't been touched on much at all. Uh, because it's overshadowed by Batman's 75th anniversary this year. And I guess Superman, 76 is not necessarily an anniversary that many people celebrate. But as Superman fans, we want to make mention that Superman is now 76 years old in uh, hey. celebrating his 76th anniversary on uh, April 18th. Uh, is the date that many people consider to be the release date of Action Comics number one back in 1938.
1: Mm, good times, good times. I'm you glad were there? that happened. I wasn't but I'm I'm guessing <laughs> that uh I'm glad it happened I know yeah, that. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, uh man, that Cavill looks damn good for 76. What's he eating?
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know but uh Superman 76th anniversary having taken place this past month. Uh so he's just uh moving on and upwards uh ever forward to that uh big 100th that we both hope we're around to see.
1: Uh, I, I we better be around <laughs> <laughs> somebody's got some answering to do if I'm not around for that
0: very good all right uh speaking about things we won't be around for. I won't be at this year's celebration for the Superman celebration in metropolis illinois uh was there last year, but can't go every year. It's a big trip from australia and uh but some big celebrities being announced uh for the twenty fourteen Superman celebration, and on top of though top of the list for that was. Uh, Dean Cain, who will make his... I think it's his first time there uh, at uh, the Metropolis, Illinois, Superman celebration. And he will be joined by... Uh, well, none other than Lando Calrissian.
1: Ooh,
0: Lando. Uh, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. we got to start celebrating Star Wars now. Superman's appeal just isn't grand enough. It's going to be the Super Star Wars celebration from now on.
0: Look, and in. In their defence, they have had other actors in other things. He was in a Batman movie. I think it was the, it was the original Batman movie with, um, yeah, Michael Keaton. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we've had you know, actors, actresses who've played, uh, uh Which is funny because he was Harvey
1: Dent in that movie, and then two movies later they cast Tommy Lee Jones. Right. As the same character, so not only and I, you know, they recast people often. But you got a black guy and then you got a white guy. It's you know pretty glaringly obvious that he can't be the same person. But they did it anyway.
0: Yeah, we've as I was saying, we've had actors and actresses in the past from other outside the Superman universe. Uh, we've had, uh, I think it was when I was there in two thousand three. Um, just looking it up, I think uh, the one of the women who played Catwoman in um, in one. I oh, can't see it at the moment, but one of the, uh, I think it was a 1960s Batman uh, TV show. Uh, they had uh, one of the the women who played Catwoman in, in that TV series was there. Um, so we've had actors and we've had wrestlers. We've had different people from different world, you know, walks of life who have appeared at the Superman celebration. But uh, Lando Calrissian, uh, well, you know, not obviously, that's what he's most most famous for but uh he we've also got um Valerie Perrine, who played Miss Testmarker she'll Miss be there Tess uh we've got um uh Aaron um, Smolinski, who played the baby uh Kal-El in Superman the movie coming out of the rocket ship naked um he's also in Superman 3 i think it was the boy at the phone at the uh photo booth there um and he was in Man of Steel as one of the soldiers there at the uh, at the um, desert area where they first came into contact with Fiora. Uh He was supposed to have a line in the film, but it was cut out. And uh, he's there in the background behind General Hardy and Superman and Lois Lane there as they first meet Feora in Man of Steel. He will be there at the Superman celebration this year. As will uh, Elliot S. Magan, one of the uh, legendary comic book writers um, and novelists for Superman over the years. Uh, He will also be there at this year's celebration.
1: Excellent. Lots of guests. Now, someone wrote to me and said that the reason um, Lando's going to be at the celebration is that he's going to be in the new movie. I don't know. uh, Mm. I didn't read anything like that, and I don't remember seeing anything reported on the site. So uh, if that's something that they know somehow, I don't know. But uh, that would make a little more sense to me. But you're right. They have had other... Guests from other comic book worlds and other worlds altogether. Uh, so anything is possible, but uh, you know I, that could be a reason if he mm, was in he, fact. Going I mean, to he be may. Something.
0: I think I have, may have heard that he might be in the upcoming Star Wars films because uh, we know we're getting some of the uh, the old actors back from the original films for that. Uh, maybe that's where they heard something. But um, no, I haven't heard of him being in the follow up to Man of Steel. But uh, anyway, for those interested, the June celebration, the Superman celebration in Metropolis, Illinois, takes place June 12th to June 15th. Uh, we, we are planning on having a Superman homepage meet and greet there on the Friday of that uh, four-day festival. Uh, so stay tuned for details on that. But if you want more details about the Superman celebration, head to supermancelebration.net. Now, the only other thing that we want to touch on, and you kind of a little bit talked about this earlier about a study uh was conducted here in Australia that kind of shows that Superman's appeal amongst Gen Y is weak weak not uh not up there with some of the other heroes like Iron Man, Batman who obviously have been more in the uh movie uh world of late uh, and that's you know where they kind of get um you know they get seen by the younger generation these days who don't necessarily or aren't necessarily into comic books um, what did you make of the of this study? I know it was conducted in Australia, and so it might not reflect one hundred percent what you know is happening in the USA, there where Superman is obviously you know as American as uh, well American pie. But uh, you know we've got uh, Hugh Jackman was a, a big was a favourite uh, in this um, uh, amongst eighteen to thirty four year olds. But again, he's an Australian actor, so that might have had an influence on this particular study.
1: Well, did it say Hugh Jackman or did it just say Wolverine?
0: Well, it said Wolverine, but where would most people of a younger generation know Wolverine from if they're not really comic book readers? And let's be honest, most comic book readers these days, I think, are probably from 20s up to 40s. I wouldn't say, and, and obviously older as well, but I wouldn't say that the majority of comic book readers are necessarily kids or teenagers anymore.
1: No, I I would agree with that. But I also think there have been a lot more animated series. There's still an animated Avengers presence. Spider-Man is ever-present on uh, on television in animated form. Um, Iron Man's there. I think it's called Iron Man and the Avengers or something like that. Um, And Batman continues to have a a presence in animation. So Wolverine, I don't know if there's an X-Men cartoon at this time, but... uh, something about the marvel heroes seems to make them more appealing and more sellable to children it seems like to me
0: mm, well there is that whole angst thing you know with the x men and all that kind of thing at teens and you know um being feeling ostracized and you know not part of society and all that kind of thing that may uh, be more, uh, you know, relatable for teens who, you know, go through that kind of process themselves. So, uh, I can understand that. And for the, you know, for the people who are 35 to 54, uh, Superman was obviously a big influence on their childhood, you know, with the movies, with the, with the comic books, with TV shows, with, you know, all manner of different ways that they would have been, you know, I mean, you and I are in that age group, I think you're over 35.
1: I am indeed.
0: There you go. So um that is definitely you know makes sense that Superman would be you know strongest amongst that age group. Uh, I think DC Comics and Warner Brothers need to do more in the form of TV and video games on Superman on the Superman front for the younger audience because that seems to be where they get their influences from.
1: Yeah, and it seems like every time something does seem to come out that that children might be able to get interested in it goes away very quickly mm, well um, lost. you know the 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 superboy on the uh... young justice show uh, could have been something you know you could have expanded on that you could you could have an animated show with superman you could have spun off superman from his uh... uh from his brave and the bold appearance you you know or his appearance on the batman or mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. It, and obviously a new show his own show uh, but i don 't know i it doesn 't seem it oftentimes doesn 't seem like they're all that interested in uh really uh increasing superman 's uh, popularity among
0: young people mm, which is a shame, so that 's where things are at with that study, what it showed so uh you did see he saying, did pretty well overall though yeah no overall he's still up there, you know most people uh would consider you know when you ask about a superhero superman batman it would obviously be the top two that people would mention um so definitely still up there. Uh, with his appeal, just it was kind of weaker in the you know current young generation.
1: Hey, I figured out that's where Batman would win in a versus battle
0: because he's <laughs> in a once again
1: process. he's the winner. There you go.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's move into the big questions segment of our show.
2: Let's start with the big question.
1: Last uh, last month's question was. Superman and Wonder Woman or Superman and Lois, give us your thoughts. And uh, one of our first thoughts was from Brandon Whitmore, who said, uh, I say Lois, but only because I grew up conditioned to accept them together, and it just seems to be the right way. However, if I had never heard of Superman until very recently, I would most likely see myself on the side of Superman with Wonder Woman, since it seems very logical. The Kingdom Come story from 1996 also convinced me that the two have a common bond that he could just never really have with Lois.
0: Well, thank you, Brandon. Uh, good to hear from you. Uh, some well-thought-out, well-structured thoughts there on, uh, on who he would prefer to see Superman with. Uh, we had Haley. She writes in and says, Superman, Clark Kent, and Lois Lane. Classic story that hasn't been touched by the New 52. Would love to see what DC uh, Entertainment has in store for this legendary triangle for two, as well as the dual identity. Maybe Superman can get his sales numbers up. Well, oh,
1: they've touched on it, Haley. They had uh, Superman risk Lois's life in order to protect his <laughs> dual identity. You didn't read I that? Knew
0: you'd go back to that.
1: <laughs> Romina <laughs> wrote, "Lois Lane, she's the one." Very concise, simple thought. That that's it. Very cool.
0: Thank you, Romina. Good to hear from you. We've got quite a few responses to this one. So, moving forward, we had uh, Donovan Hunter who wrote in and said Superman and Lois. Lois and Clark, it's still the best Superman TV show ever. Their relationship is amazing. I can't wait to see that relationship progress in the second Man of Steel movie.
1: I agree with you, Donovan. A.G. Yeah, Mason. Yeah, A.J. Mason wrote First, I should apologize for having listened to the show since it began and never having answered a big question. Shameful. Uh, So I finally decided to rectify that. Here goes. Lois, ultimately. However, it doesn't bother me for the comics to explore this Clark-Diana idea to a point. In past versions, Clark explored relationships with others, Lana, etc., all the way to finally being with Lois. I tend to look at it the same way. It's an interesting angle to explore, but likely temporary.
0: Yeah, and that's what I think. It's it's nice for them to be able to explore the idea, uh, and as he says, to a point, he doesn't think it will be... Uh, permanent. Uh, so, uh, But ultimately Superman and Lois Lane should be together And I think that's where they'll probably end up But uh, we move on with David Landon saying Before the New 52 reboot we spent many years exploring the Clark and Lois romance It even had its own TV show at one point So why not take this opportunity to do something different I think it's funny how fans often complain if the same old stories are told over and over again But when the writers try to do something different they complain about that the Superman Wonder Woman relationship is an interesting one and I'd like to see it stick around a little while.
1: I agree. I you think know, uh
0: It's good to explore different know, ideas.
1: I I believe Lois and Clark are are the way uh, the the one true light to go, but uh it's neat to see, you know, a different relationship in the early stages of of their lives and they got plenty of time uh, long after we're all gone to explore any relationship they want. So now that they've rebooted, they can do that because Superman's never going to cheat on Lois. So it's got to be yeah, fresh start. You know, at a time when it's a fresh start. So Patrick O'Neill wrote, neither. My vote goes for Superman and Lana. Wow. Lana was Clark's first girlfriend long before Superman ever existed. Clark was not flying around impressing everybody as Superman when Lana was his girlfriend. He was just Clark. Lois fell in love with Superman first and later learned to love Clark. While Lana loved Clark for who he was, not what he could do being
0: superman interesting i think lois depending on the story has fallen in love with clark and you know obviously while she was smitten with superman it was clark that she uh you know fell in love with uh i know that was the way in the tv show you know yeah she was smitten with superman and had you know, was all gaga over superman but came to to love clark before she realized he was superman or at the same time or depending on how you read it but uh yeah interesting thoughts thank you patrick moving thank on you. yeah stephen marshall wrote in and says Love this podcast. Get excited every time one pops up. Well, thank you, Stephen. In answer to the question, Superman and Lois is always what I think, but we know as Kryptonians, Superman always lives far beyond Lois Lane's lifespan. So I think Wonder Woman who is who, is who he should get with sometime after Lois has passed on, just like Kingdom Come did. Uh, keep up the good work, guys. Well, thank you, Stephen Marshall. Uh, good thoughts there.
1: Yeah, that's a good point if he's going to live much longer than anybody he would get involved with who's a human it might be easier for him to be involved with someone who's not going to go away uh, (laughs) permanently Mm -hmm. Um, we also had Martin Grey send us an answer but he sent it as an audio file so let's listen in on what Martin had to say
3: so who should Superman be with Wonder Woman or Lois Lane definitely not Diana like Superman Wonder Woman is a larger than life figure living in a world of constant danger. Lois often brushes up against Superman's world, but most of her time is spent in the real world, the everyday world with which the reader can identify. She represents us, the people Superman fights for, as opposed to Diana, who represents the people Superman fights with or against. Lois has no powers, but she's every bit as worthy to stand alongside Superman to share his triumphs and tragedies as any superhero. I love Diana, but I'm a traditionalist. She belongs with Steve Trevor, who... Like Lois was in the hero's first adventure He's not always been a great character I admit, but that's not his fault It's bad writing But now Sterling Gates has written a great Steve in forever evil Argus One who's well able to hold his own alongside Diana Let Lois be with Superman and Steve be with Wonder Woman Heck, they can even double date But no more mixing up the partners
0: Thank you Martin, good to get an audio answer We had not had one for a while So thank you Martin there for, for your thoughts on this question uh, next up, we have Hector. He writes in and says, "Superman and Wonder Woman, because at least they will be together forever. With Lois, she's going to be old and and die. I love oh. Lois, but it better be for better for Superman to be Superman than to be sad and cause havoc." Yeah, Remember I mean, that. we all, you know, we have this idea of Lois will die one day, but in comic books, really, it just keeps getting refreshed and rebooted. And so Lois, well, we might have a story here and there in some kind of an alternate earth or a, you know, a different continuity where Lois dies and Superman has to deal with that like in kingdom come um and in uh the current um what is it injustice uh but it's not really going to be something that we'll see in main continuity because i'll just keep they're forever 30 years old or whatever they are
1: that's right big bird has like a (laughs) sixth birthday every year (laughs) rick lee james wrote i have a feeling this will be in an incredibly unpopular opinion, but I'm pulling for Wonder Woman. I've been enjoying the dynamic in the Superman Wonder Woman comics. As a person who's happily married to a supportive, understanding woman who can relate to a lot that I've been through, I feel like Superman benefits from having a relationship with someone who can understand what it means to be different. I love Lois Lane, but Wonder Woman gets my vote for now.
0: Well, thank you, Ricky Lee, James. I mean, that's, you know, it's it's a very well thought out answer and, you know, very reasonable. So uh, while it might be unpopular... To people who want Lois Lane as Superman's love interest, I don't think it's incredibly unpopular, as we've seen. No,
1: and it makes sense. A lot of the statements there, you know, she she will be able to experience much of what he experiences, whereas Lois just simply can't. So
0: yeah, I mean, people are saying that Wonder Woman and Superman don't have anything in common; that they're totally opposite. You know, because he grew up in Kansas, and you know, is a is a human being first and foremost in his upbringing, but. Uh, I think what Superman and Wonder Woman do have a lot in common in their superhero lives, obviously. So, um, and they are apart, standing apart from from the general populace. So, there is definitely some kind of um, you know crossover there in their uh, knowledge and experiences. Agreed. Now, Argent L, one of our regulars, writes in. She says, "Hi, Steve, Scotty. So, the question is, Superman, hello. Wonder Woman, or Superman Lois Lane? Sorry."
1: I said hello to oh, Argent L. Oh, hello.
0: Okay. Uh, not much difference there, as both ladies are superheroes in my book. Diana's an Amazon goddess, but Lois Lane is not what I'd call everyday normal. Maybe for tradition's sake, I would want Clark to end up with Lois, but to tell you the truth, I'd be more interested in seeing Superman date regular. A bit overweight but working on it woman, just saying for no particular reason that I can think of. <laughs> okay. Um, maybe an insight. Someone has your... a crush. Yes, yes, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Okay, what's our new big question for this upcoming month uh, this month's question
1: is what are your thoughts on Superman Batman and Captain America going head to head for the same release date?
0: Yeah, Scotty and I have mentioned this and talked about it a number of times. Michael and I have spoken about it on our live show uh, it's a topic that you know we've given our opinions on, but now we want your thoughts on this going head to head on the same release date with the two superhero franchises. Uh, get involved with the big question segment of our show by clicking on the big question button found at the Superman homepage Radio KAL uh, web page. Uh, or you can send in an audio answer as we had here today by Martin Gray. And we will play that or read out those thoughts here in our next Radio KAL podcast.
2: Yeah. Only one thing alive this you.
1: It's time now for the super secret soundbite. Last month's sound came from the pilot episode of the Lois and Clark TV series.
3: Well, one thing's for sure. Nobody's going to be looking at your face.
1: And a whopping 25 people guessed it correctly. Steve, why don't you uh, tell us who they were?
0: (laughs) I knew you'd do that. (laughs) Peter Kern, Jeremy Crawford, Nelda Moorman, Dan Bogdoyen, Trent Brewer, Donovan Hunter, Fred Walsh, Rick Ruiz, Lynn S.M., Brandon Whitmore, John Matthew Balch, Chris G, Brad Glynn, Jack Teague, A.J. Mason, Patrick O'Neill, Martin Gray, Dave Booth, Ralston Staller, Tommy Nyman, Barda Sosa, Andy Maples, Rick Lee, James, and Argent L. Congratulations mm. to those 25 people for guessing where that super secret soundbite came from.
1: A ton of people. Good job.
0: Yeah. Now yeah, let's let's see. Uh, let's see if we can get more than 25 people, to guess where in the world this new super-secret soundbite comes from. And I solemnly
2: swear to all of you that I will continue to uphold the ideals of truth and
0: justice, not just for America, but for all the world. Well, if you think you know where in the world of Superman that sound came from, use the super-secret soundbite entry form to send in your answer. Everyone who guesses it right will have their name read out here on our next Radio KAL podcast.
1: I think that might be from the new animated Adventures of Superman show that just came out.
0: Um, yeah, I'd heard about that one. I think it was called um, Superman and the Adventures of Scotty V. <laughs> it
1: might be. It might be. You'll have to wait and see. <laughs> Very Let's get good. on to the Superman comedy sketch, though.
2: I'm laughing at you, you hear? Laughing!
0: Yes, this week, or this month, I should say, sorry, we have. A sketch all about X-ray vision. I'm not sure where it's come from. It's been passed to me so to play here on our podcast. So here it is. It's a little bit funny, a little bit uh, naughty, a little bit raunchy, um, but definitely still within our parameters. Uh, Superman (laughs) and his X-ray vision.
2: Jimmy! Jimmy Olsen! Yes, Chief? Don't call me Chief. Sorry, Chief. All right, I need Lois Lane and Clark Kent in my office pronto. Lex Luthor's got a hidden death ray aimed at the mayor's house, and I need my best reporters on that story. I'm right here, Mr. White, but I haven't seen Lois. Well, you better find her, Kent. Gee whiz! Now, now, Jimmy. No need for that kind of language. Hello, Clark. Jimmy. Miss Lane. Lois, are you all right? You're walking, strangely. I just got back from my doctor. He told me I have radiation burns on 80% of my body. It's like a giant sunburn. Uh, Radiation? Yes. It's the oddest thing. He said it was like I'd been X-rayed a dozen times a day. (laughs) How strange. I mean, there's nothing from my neck up. Just my clothed area. Especially around here. Well... You know, there are lots of things that could cause that that aren't someone looking at you with x-ray vision. What? I'm just saying. There's no reason to believe anyone's checking you out through your clothes. (laughs) Hey, Miss Lane, the chief wants to see you. Mr. Luther has a hidden ray gun somewhere in the city aimed at the mayor. Right. Let's think about that and put all this talk of your clothes behind us. What? I said Luther has a hidden ray gun, but don't worry. Superman will find it with his X-ray vision Or other powers (laughs) Superman has lots of other powers Like super speed, super strength, or or flight Maybe the ray gun's on a roof But with his X-ray vision He could just look around the city and see through anything Man, what would you do if you had X-ray vision, Mr. Kent? Be respectful of other people's personal boundaries I guess so did it just get warm in here? Oh, sorry, I, I didn't mean to, uh... Didn't mean to what? Nothing, nothing. Yes, uh, Superman will find Luther no matter under where he is. I mean, under wire he is. I mean, I mean, panties. I mean, uh... You know Bruce Wayne is Batman, right? <gasps> Bruce Wayne is Batman? Yes, yes. Now let's all write up that story. Ooh, what a scoop. Did you hear that, everyone? Bruce Wayne is Batman. <laughs> a Daily Planet exclusive. <laughs>
0: Well, there you have it. Uh, Funny stuff there, um, Superman, uh, giving Lois a bit of a sunburn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Say no more. All right, let's move into our song segment.
1: This month's Superman song is Sunset Superman by the heavy metal band Dio from the 1987 album Dream Evil. You can check out the official Ronnie James Dio website at RonnieJamesDio.com.
0: Yes, and uh, we don't play much heavy metal. It's not really that heavy, but here it is, uh, Sunset Superman by Dio. I'm head banging right yes, now. I heard you banging your head against the the desk there. Um are you no, okay? You
1: no, I'm good. Yeah. Little little uh little little desk burn, but it's all right.
0: <laughs> Very good. Well, that is our show for another month. Now remember, we are open to see your suggestions and your requests if you have a song you would like us to play. Is there a comedy sketch that you know of? We're getting short on numbers for those. If there's anything you'd like to hear played back here or a topic you think that we need to be discussing that we've missed out on, all those kinds of suggestions are going to be sent to us here at the Superman homepage. If you want to email us, my email address is steve at supermanhomepage.com. If you want to get in touch with Scotty, his is scotty at supermanhomepage.com. Also, we have the KAL feedback form on the website that you can use to get in touch with us to uh, send suggestions on uh, this show. Now, that is our show for this month. Thank you, Scotty.
1: Thank you, Steve. And remember, everybody, always look up in the sky.
0: You've been listening to Radio KAL, brought to you by supermanhomepage.com.